Welcome to the Happy Millennials Podcast, the podcast where millennials come to get all the tools, news, tips, and breakthroughs to live a happier and more fulfilling life. I'm your host, Kyle Mackey. Let's get this show started. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 12 of the Happy Millennials Podcast. It's Kyle here, and I'm really excited for today's session because we're going to talk about something that I absolutely love. We're going to talk about something that I think will bring so much happiness to my life and could bring a lot of happiness to yours if this is something that you are into. But either way, I think there will be a lot that you can learn from today's session. I just finished watching this week's episode of Living Big in a Tiny House. It was a guy from Tofino dealing with cystic fibrosis and he just built this absolutely gorgeous house for like $30,000 and honestly to live in this house would have just been it would just be absolutely incredible I would take this off his hands in a heartbeat he built it all on his own maybe had some help from other friends but didn't contract out anything absolutely incredible and it's just got me pumped for what we're going about to talk about today because we're going to talk a little bit about tiny houses. But before we get into that, I want to remind you all that there is a free webinar going on tonight. It is the three secrets that every millennial needs to know about happiness and fulfillment. That's going on tonight. You can register at secret.happymillennialclub.com. That's secret.happymillennialclub.com. It's completely free. You're going to learn the three secrets that are essential to designing a life that will bring you both happiness and fulfillment. So if you've not attended already, then what are you waiting for? Head on over, sign up right now, and then continue listening to this podcast. As well, if you're interested in getting some free coaching, that's right, some free coaching from myself, I am a qualified life coach. I went to school at the Life Coaching Academy based out of Australia. It took me about a year and a half to get through my program. And I specialize in helping millennials find happiness and fulfillment in their lives. And if you haven't heard already, my plan is to start redirecting this podcast into more coaching sessions that'll be hosted live on the podcast. And it could be as early as next week where we have our first coaching session. So look forward to that. It's going to be a really cool opportunity for each of you to learn from someone else's experience and what's going on in their life. So if you're brave enough to put yourself out there and are willing to not only help yourself, but help others by being open and sharing about what is going on in your life, because I can guarantee if something's going on in your life, it's not just your life that it's impacting. It's impacting a bunch of other people as well. And by talking about it on a coaching session for this podcast, not only will you grow and start moving in a more happy and fulfilling direction, but so will those who listen to this podcast. So with that said, let's jump into today's podcast. And the first thing that we're going to cover is the happy story of the day. And I think this one is really quite interesting because it's Canadian base and it just shows the good heart that Canadians have. So in Ontario, there is these three teens. 
specifically in Font Hill, Ontario. And I don't know what they were doing this late at night out because they're three teens. They're like 15, 17, and 18. But at like 2.30 in the morning, they were out getting donuts. They were probably going to the good old Tim Hortons, picking up some donuts. And yeah, donuts. That's what they were picking up at 2.30 in the morning. I hope they weren't doing some underage drinking. But whatever the reason was, they were out getting themselves some donuts when they came across this stranded woman her car broke down in the middle of an intersection there was smoke coming out of the hood of the car and these kids walk over and are like you all right and she's like no i don't have enough money to get my car towed home and the kids at first were like well we got to help this woman out so they they push her car off to the side of the road and then they started thinking and they could tell that this woman was, you know, emotional because she just couldn't afford to get this car home. And she's stranded in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, one of the kids is like, well, I guess we better start pushing. And these three teens, Billy, Bailey, and Aaron, sorry if I pronounced that Aaron wrong. I think that's how you pronounce what I'm reading here. They decide to push this car that's broken down five miles to get this woman home so she doesn't have to have her car towed. It takes over two hours to complete, and they get home at 4.30 a.m. What an incredible story. Who would ever want to push a car five miles? That would be a lot of work. Five miles. Eight kilometers. It says nine kilometers in here and it says five miles. That conversion is not perfect. But that is absolutely incredible. It just shows the good heart of us fellow Canadians. If you're a Canadian listening to this podcast, that is. If you're someone else, I'm sure you have a great heart as well. But most people would be like, I ain't pushing that car five miles. I ain't pushing that car eight or nine kilometers. That is super, super far. And honestly, I think after that, you would be so incredibly tired but these kids were just like yeah no problem we're gonna help you out today middle of the night donuts in hand wonder what donut they went for maybe a nice honey cruller or from tim warren's i think they make really good like strawberry filled what are they called vanilla strawberry vanilla i don't know I remember when I was younger and I'd get some Tim Hortons donuts. It was like vanilla frosting and not frosting, icing, and then strawberry jelly in the middle. Those were a good donut. Same with blueberry fritters. But I am definitely digressing from the main message of the story. But it, I think it's just incredible that these kids helped out this woman who couldn't afford to get her car towed home and they dr- pushed it over five miles to get home. So incredible. So Amazing job, Aaron, Bailey, and Billy. You did a very nice deed, and you helped this woman in need get home with smoke coming out of the hood of her car. Hopefully, it didn't cost her too much to get fixed. But either way, amazing job, you three teens. Don't know what you're doing out there at 2.30 in the morning, but it's a good thing that you were. And again, it was in Font Hill, Ontario. I've never even heard of that before, and I lived in Ontario for... 27 years of my life so yeah 
Awesome job. Good work, boys. But let's move into what we're actually going to talk about today. And this is the part of the session that's going to get me absolutely pumped up because we're talking about tiny houses today. But in particular, I came across this interesting article. It's on the tinylife.com and it's called The Three Reasons You Won't Be Happy in a Tiny House. And the title just got me going right off the bat because my dream in life is to live in a tiny house. If you've listened to the podcast, you've definitely heard that I love tiny houses. I can't wait till every Friday when Living Big in a Tiny House publishes out a new episode on YouTube. If you haven't checked out that YouTube channel, you need to check it out. It's a great show. It's going to make you just realize how amazing tiny houses can be. So if you haven't watched it, as soon as this podcast is over, I want you to log on to the YouTube, the YouTube, type in living big in a tiny house and watch some episodes. If you watch the most recent one, provided you're watching today on the Thursday and not tomorrow because there will be a new episode coming out tomorrow, the episode is fantastic. This guy builds this one of a kind house tiny house. He has cystic fibrosis. He built it all from scratch. He spent $30,000 only. And it is one of the most beautiful tiny houses I think I've ever seen on this channel. It is very rustic. It is very unique in its own sense, but it is extremely well done, especially for somebody who has zero experience in building a tiny house for him to just get out there and give it his all and build something this incredible. So amazing. But back to the article that I want to sort of go over because I think there's a message in here that it doesn't matter if you actually want to build a tiny house or not. I think we can all learn something very valuable from what I gathered in this article. So again, it's the three reasons you won't be happy in a tiny house. And you're probably like, Kyle, you're supposed to talk about happiness, not not happiness. Well, they sort of go hand in hand. But I think the big picture of this article is not that you won't be happy in a tiny house. It's that there's certain things that you can't overlook. And I think if you overlook certain things in your life, it might bring you some dissatisfaction and unhappiness in certain areas of your life. And for somebody who wants to live in a tiny house for the rest of my life or until I live in one and then make the realization This article made me think about what it would entail to actually live in a tiny house. And if you do things incorrectly, it could have a negative impact on your overall life. But when going through this article, the first thing that it in particularly talks about is when you're designing a tiny house, you need to start with the function and not start with the design. If you start with the design, that might bring you some frustrations down the road. And this would be the one part of this article where if you're not trying to build a tiny house, you might not get as much out of it as those who actually are interested in tiny houses. So hold on, don't just be like, okay, tiny houses, this is not something I want because this is the one part that you might not get something out of. But it is quite interesting. I went to my very first tiny house convention. It was actually the very first convention I ever went to as an attendee. 
which is sort of weird because I've spoken at some conventions in the past. And this was the very first one I attended as just a participant. Tiny House Convention in Abbotsford, BC. I went there not too long ago. Bryce Langston from Living Big in a Tiny House, he was the keynote speaker at it. And his speech was incredible. I really enjoyed it. But it really came across to me how important it is that you design a tiny house around that function first. Because if you just design it being like, oh, this is going to look so cute. This is going to be awesome. Oh, that'll look so rustic. I love that, that appeal. If you just think about the overall design and you don't think about how you're actually going to use the house, I think it'd be miserable in the end. It makes me think of the bachelor I live in right now. I've lived in bachelors a good majority of my life. I like living in a tiny space. I don't have a lot of possessions. So the idea of living in a tiny house just really excites me because then you get to build a living space that is specific to your needs. But if you just think, oh, this would be a really cool design and look really nice, but you don't actually think about how you're going to use those different things, quickly you might learn to really not love what you've created. And the biggest thing I'm going to say here is that when I went to this tiny house convention, early in the day, they didn't block off the lofts to the different tiny houses. And going up into those, it quickly came to my attention that if you don't give yourself enough headroom, crawling that much in a loft sucks. I went into this one that was a double loft. You got you brought you up into the middle of the house and you went off in each direction. And you're crawling on all fours. You don't really have any movement. In that little bit going from one side to the other, I bumped my head a few times. And if you've never checked out a tiny house, go check it out on Living Big in a Tiny House because right now you're probably like, okay, tiny houses sound horrible. You're crawling on your hands and knees in the loft. And this loft is where a lot of people are going to be sleeping. This in particular house that I was in, it did have a bottom level bedroom as well. But the kids, if they were having kids, would likely stay in these lofts. And for them, it might not be as bad. But there are a lot of tiny houses that have very similar lofts. And that's where the adults sleep. That's where people like you and I, if we had a tiny house, would possibly have to deal with every single day to go to bed. And I can just imagine you have like this nightmare and before you know it, it's just like you quickly get up and bash your head right off the roof. That would not be a fun experience. So you got to think about that function, not the design. We all fall in love with these beautiful designs. But what are you actually going to use that space for? So I've always thought when I'm building a tiny house, which I plan to do probably within the next two years. That would be the ideal time frame. The ideal time, the ideal thing that I would like to do is actually build a tiny house boat initially. But if I go for a trailer first, I'm totally okay with that too. So for this tiny house, again, that sleeping quarters, you need to have a decent amount of headroom if you're going to make this a long-term living solution. So functional wise, You want to build it so there's a way to have the most amount of headroom possible. And two different designs that I've come across that I think are really good that add to the functionality of a loft space is either having one part drop down so you can actually stand fully in the loft off to one side and then just hop into the bed, 
which some people have managed to do by having a lower part over the kitchen where the fridge and maybe the stove is because you don't stand in that area. So you can actually have a little bit lower roof, which might give you that extra standing space or a really cool idea was making it so you can actually raise the roof up when you're going to be in a place permanently or for an extended period of time and then just lower it down when you're on the road so that way you can pass under these different things. So yes, it might design-wise might not look as appealing having a little drop down here or the roof raise up in certain areas, but functional-wise, it will make it so much more enjoyable to use. There was a person who decided to design a loft that would be their office. Now, you could sit there cross-legged and try to do work at like this little desk where you barely have room to sit on up, but your legs are probably going to go numb fairly quickly. So this other person decided, I'm going to create this so I have that leg room. So I have more functionality in the sense where I can move around and not have my feet fall asleep. And they actually made a little nook because it was right above their kitchen where they could just put up their teeth so they didn't have to crawl up their little ladder and crawl over their space with this hot mug of coffee or tea in their hand and then pour it on them, burn themselves. They thought about how they're going to use their apartment their tiny house and then built it based off the function that they were trying to get out of it not just this will look good this will be a great design and there's a lot of different elements this podcast is not about building tiny houses so i'm not going to go too much more into detail here but this article says one of the reasons why you won't be happy living in a tiny house is that you started with the design not the function And I would agree, that would be completely right. You need to start with the function first, not the design. So now getting into the things that will actually be things that you can take out of this even if you don't want to build a tiny house. And this is now the second part of this article. So the second reason why you won't be happy living in a tiny house is that you didn't take the time to get in your own head. And you're probably like, what? What are you talking about, Kyle? What are you talking about here? You didn't take the time to get in your own head? Why are you even talking about tiny houses? Well, I love tiny houses. But weirdly, one of the most popular episodes I've published so far is the one that was on minimalism. Minimalism versus materialism. And what this is particular about is the realization that Yes, you can build a tiny house to have all the design elements that you want. It could be whatever size you want it to be. It can have all the amenities. But if you don't come to terms with the departure of having unlimited consumption, it'll really make your experience in a tiny house much less enjoyable. But I think this is something that we can all learn from because, again, If you didn't listen to that podcast about minimalism versus materialism, definitely check it out. It's one of the most listened to podcasts that I've published so far. But we live in a society where we constantly need more and more and more. We need more material things. We constantly buy stuff. It clutters our apartments. If you do that in a tiny house, you will be living in a closet in no time at all. You need to realize that These extra things are not going to bring you more happiness. And in a tiny house, these extra things are going to make your life probably a living hell because it is going to make it so unusable 
so unenjoyable to live in because all you're going to have around you is material things and nowhere to go, nowhere to put the stuff. So it's just going to be scattered in every which way. So you really need to break away from the desire to have these materialistic things. But I think this is something that we can all grow from because if you can start implementing a more minimalistic mentality when it comes to everything that you have in your life, you'll start focusing more on the experience of everything. The experience that you have with the fewer but more meaningful material things you have in your life. As I said in the minimal versus material podcast of mine, for me, some of my most precious materialistic things that I have would be my skis. They're definitely not the cheapest ones you can get, but I really love skiing and I go skiing quite a bit each winter and I get a lot of use out of them. So for me, spending that extra money and actually enjoying this high quality product makes the experience much more enjoyable because if I just went with a really crappy product, you know, going downhill skiing might not be that great, especially if you have like a really good powder day. If you just have like skinny old beat up skis, it's harder to ski through that heavy snow. But I have the the wider base skis and it makes it so I can float a little bit more on the snow that's out there. So if you ever want to live in a tiny house and you think, I want all these material things, well, that's affecting your daily material happiness, but it is extremely going to be overemphasized when you live in a tiny house. So not only will I hope that you take another approach on that minimalistic lifestyle and start getting rid of the things that just don't mean much to you. If something is meaningful, keep it. There's always going to be things in your life that are going to mean a lot and even things that you buy, materialistic things that you purchase. But realize that having too much of these things at a certain point is just cluttering everything around you. Whether you live in a house, whether you live in a tiny house, at a certain point, it's just extra clutter. There's no way that you can fill a whole house with thousands of different things and actually get used to them all. So in the mindset of somebody living in, moving into a tiny house, Realize that you need very few things to fill up that house. And if you can wrap your head around that before going into it, it's going to make it a much more enjoyable experience. But whether you ever move into a tiny house or not, realize that if you focus on having quality things that will add to your overall experience in life, then that in itself will make your life a lot more enjoyable. If you don't agree with me, go to the podcast that I put out on minimal versus material. I made a much better argument probably in that podcast. But if you ever want to live in a tiny house again, think about how you don't want all those materialistic things because you can't have them. And if you want them, it's going to make it a very unenjoyable experience. And the last thing on this list on the tinylife.com By the way, the person who created this article, so I do give him credit, is Ryan Mitchell. He is the founder of this website. So he is likely the person that wrote this since there is no credit to anybody else. So I will say it's him who wrote this article. But he says the last of the three reasons why you won't be happy in a tiny house is that you think it's about the house. 
yes, I think having a tiny house would be incredible. I think living in a thing that's specifically made to my needs and potentially having the freedom to move it around wherever I'd like, whether it's a houseboat and I can have it any place where there's water or whether it's a tiny house that's on a trailer, I can move it around across Canada, I could bring it into the States, I can do some traveling with it. That is really cool. But ultimately, the idea of having a tiny house has nothing to do with a tiny house. It has to do with the freedom that comes with it. If I were to buy an apartment here in Vancouver, downtown, I think the cheapest you might be able to get a bachelor for is around 700000 I might be wrong. I think prices actually might be coming down a little bit. But that's for a bachelor. The guy in Living Big in a Tiny House built this absolutely incredible and beautiful and probably quite functional too from the looks of it, tiny house for $30,000. That's like 24, 23 to 24 tiny house I could build for the same price to get one bachelor apartment in downtown Vancouver. Instead of living in downtown Vancouver in a super expensive apartment with pretty much the exact same floor space, I can then use all that extra money to experience all that is around me. And that is what I think is the most important thing about a tiny house. It's about experiencing your surroundings, being more connected with the environment that you live in. Being that it's often on wheels because that's how most tiny houses are built, you can be in the middle of the wilderness. You can be in very remote locations. You can build it so it's completely off-grid and you are living with electrical solar panels and you have ways of collecting water and maybe you just bring in some propane to run some of your fridge and your stove and other things that can run off propane but by choosing a route like a tiny house it allows you to save so much and just experience everything out there i think the thing that excites me the most about the potential of living in a tiny house hopefully within the next year that is the goal is that i then would have the freedom from all the money that i save on what would be normal rent or mortgage is i can use that money to go see my family, see my friends. I like being able to travel around the world. So, you know, heading over to Europe, going to New Zealand or Australia, the amount of money that I could save from living in a tiny house would allow those different things. So for those people who think moving into a tiny house is just about the house, well, you're missing out on the biggest thing about it. It's about realizing what are the actual important things in life and the experiences that you can have and go with them. Life is about growing and connecting and making a positive impact in the overall environment. And a tiny house lets you do that. So I'm not encouraging you all to jump on the tiny house bandwagon. If you love it and you want to do it, by all means, go. If you ever have a question about it, if you're like, I would love to build a tiny house. I don't know where to start. The truth of the matter is I don't really know where to start either, but I would love to just talk about it with you. So feel free to reach out. You can always send me an email at podcast at happymillennialclub.com. And maybe I'll respond, maybe I won't, depending on, you know, what it is that you want to know, because I might not have the answer. But if you just want to talk about it, I'd probably be pretty game. But 
I think this is a good message that everybody can take into their daily life. And it's think about the experience. Think about the lifestyle changes that you can make to be more connected with your surroundings, your environment. Because that is what will actually make you happy. Having that big, gigantic mansion. At first, it might make you feel good because you accomplished a dream. But in the long term, especially in the case that if you design it based off the function that you're trying to get out of it, and that you don't overclutter it with too many materialistic things that are just making it so you can't really enjoy what you have, and you realize that there's so much more out there, a tiny house might be the perfect living environment for you. Where a mansion might just make it that you have so much space that you don't even use it as functionally as you could. You might then start just filling it with a bunch of things that don't add to your overall experience in life and your overall life satisfaction. And then you spend so much time, you know, cleaning your house and maintaining it and trying to come up with a way to use what you spent so much money on when realistically you could probably have everything you need in a house for, you know, maybe $100,000 by just making a little bit tinier. Then again, you have the property costs on top of that. But I just think it's important that you just take a look at your life and see how you can embrace the experience that much more. Because when you start embracing the experience, when you start growing and learning and being able to connect with more of your friends and family, your loved ones, and using that time that you save because you don't have to maintain such a big and lavish lifestyle, that you can use that time to actually make a positive impact in the world, whether it's you know volunteering for an organization that you want to be part of, working on some passion projects that will get you excited to wake each day and make an impact in the world, whatever it might be, going traveling, whatever the case may be, by thinking tiny, thinking what a tiny house could do for you, and then just taking some of the lessons from that and implementing it into whatever life you have. But if you can simplify your life, it might add a lot of joy to your overall well-being. So again, whether you want to buy a tiny house or not, build one or not, whatever the case might be, I think there is still a message that you can get out of this. If you've not checked out Living and Being in a Tiny House on YouTube, you should definitely check it out because they're just incredible videos. And a lot of these people are building these homes from scratch. And it's just absolutely amazing to see what these people can create. They're putting their heart and soul and all their energy to figure out how to build these incredible spaces. So you don't have to build one yourself, but just check it out. It's really quite cool. But if you can learn something from that minimalistic or living tiny type lifestyle, it could actually have a positive impact on wherever you're living and whatever you're doing in your life. If you can just implement one of the things that these people do into your daily life, it could actually have a really positive effect. So tiny houses, they're great. Check them out. But let's move on to get to know the host. Again, if you ever want to ask a question in this portion of the podcast, feel free to send me an email at podcast at happymillennialclub.com. Same place that you'll 
send an email to if you're interested in getting that free coaching. Or if you ever have any questions in regards to the podcast, just send me an email, podcast at happymillennialclub.com. And in regards to this question, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer live on this podcast, just send it to me. As long as it's, you know, somewhat appropriate, I'll probably answer it. As long as I have space to fill, I'll probably answer it. And again, it could be something personal about myself, or it could just be something that you're curious to know, what my thoughts might be on something, or how I can help you in some sort of way, or something to do with happiness, fulfillment, clarity, whatever it might be, feel free to send me that question, and I would be more than happy to answer it here on the Happy Millennial Podcast. So let's go over to this random question generator, and let's see what question we have today. I'm going to answer three. That is what I'm going to go with. So if you ever have a question, as long as there's less than three of them, you might get them all answered on one single podcast. But the first question of the day is, what movie universe would be the worst to live out your life in? What movie universe would be the worst to live out your life in? I don't even understand that question. What movie universe would be the worst to live out your life in? I can't even think like there's like all the different parallel universities in like the Marvel series. I guess there's like the interstellar where there, I think there's the alternate dimensions or different universes. I guess just any universe that's not this one, but then again, that might be really cool. Cause then maybe like the laws of physics don't apply or maybe you can like run real fast or jump real high or, Maybe we could fly. That'd be pretty cool if in another reality or maybe in a, another reality where like mermen and mermaids. I don't know. I, I don't really know how to answer this question. I can't think of many movie universes. But weird question. Let's move on to the next one. Hopefully it's better. What keeps you up at night? I generally don't really have a problem falling asleep. I can even have like a big cup of coffee right before I go to bed and that will usually not keep me awake. I don't really like getting into arguments or fights. And if I have them like right before bed, which doesn't really happen very often because I don't really like arguing with people, that would potentially keep me up at night. But usually... I would say that's the only thing if I were to get into an argument with people, but I don't tend to do that. Or if somebody says something really mean, something it hurts my feelings. But usually I can even still put it aside and fall asleep. But then there are just some days where I don't know what it is, but sometimes I just have like this crazy amount of energy right as I'm about to go to bed. And if that's the case, well, that will sometimes keep me up at night. And I never just get up and like, go read a book or do exercise and hope that that gets me back to bed because I know I just take away from the sleep that I want to have. But yeah, that's the only thing that really keeps me up at night. Let's hope for really... Oh, this this one's a better question. What's the most ridiculous thing you've done because you were bored? What is the most ridiculous thing that you've ever done because you were bored? Well, I don't know if this was being bored, but this is pretty ridiculous. When I was really quite young, and and everybody's going to do ridiculous things when they're young because they just don't know better. But I thought one day when I was in, 
think grade two, I thought it'd be really cool to sniff some rocks. That could sound really bad because I think rock, rocks is also like code for some some hardcore drugs. So I was deciding to smell some rocks. I put this big pile of like little pebbles in my hand up to my nose and I went, and one went straight up my nose and it got locked up in my nostril and I couldn't get it out. It was a really long time before I got it out, but I got into class and they, they, my teacher, Miss Amlin at the time, she made me dig it out and the whole class had to circle around me. And I, I don't think I was bored, but that was pretty ridiculous. So I don't sniff rocks anymore. It's not really my thing. But the most ridiculous thing that I've ever done because I was specifically bored. Specifically bored. These are such tough questions sometimes. Like some of them are just not good things to answer. But then like trying to think on the spot, what is the most ridiculous thing you've ever done because you were bored? Like, do I get bored that often? I watch a lot of YouTube when I'm bored, but that's not ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with my original answer there. The sniffing rocks and having it go up my nose. I was probably just not having a great time at Reese's, a little bored. Probably wasn't a fun time. Just wanted to smell. When everybody says just smell the roses, I was like, no, I'm going to smell the rocks. I'm going to sniff those rock right up my nose. That's what I did. So that'll be my answer for this one. If you have a question, something that is more pertinent to who I am as an individual, more pertinent to how I can help you or happiness, anything in general, feel free to send that question off to me at podcast at happymillennialclub.com so we don't have to rely on this random question generator. And yeah, do that. Send, Send me a question. So before you go, I just want to remind you that tonight is the free webinar that I run most Thursdays. As I get more into it, it'll run less and less, but right now I'm doing it pretty much every Thursday. It is the three secrets to have three secrets every millennial needs to know about happiness and fulfillment. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's completely free. You can sign up at secret.happymillennialclub.com. That's secret.happymillennialclub.com. If you are interested in having a free coaching session live on this podcast where I help coach you towards a future that's filled with more happiness and fulfillment or help you find clarity, feel free to send me an email at podcast at happymillennialclub.com. That's podcast at happymillennialclub.com. Tell me why you're interested in coaching, what you'd like to get out of the session. And if I think it's a good connection, think it's a good fit, we will be in touch and hopefully you'll be on the podcast shortly. Besides that though, that is all for today on episode 12 of the Happy Millennial Podcast. I hope you're back next Monday. That'll be episode 13 of the Happy Millennial Podcast. These numbers keep getting up there. Can't wait till we get up to like 25. 25 I need to plan something like super special for. So that'll be like another month and a half. Episode 25. It's going to be something special i don't know what it's going to be but maybe i'll run like some sort of like contest or something cool to really make that 25th episode just bonkers but that's it for now check out the webinar apply for free coaching come on back next monday and if you ever have any questions for me whatsoever 
have to do with the podcast in any sort of which way, send it to me at podcast at happymillennialclub.com. And you all have yourselves an amazing day, amazing weekend. And I look forward to connecting with you all again, either tonight at the webinar or potentially sometime next week. Have yourselves an amazing day. 